Time.ie. League of Ireland football is our passion. Hello and welcome to yet another week's XTime.ie Sportscast. My name is Gareth O'Reilly and I will once again be your host. Alongside me in studio is fellow reporter Josh Dolan. On this week's Sportscast, we are very happy to be joined by recently promoted Jay Keegan of Galway. We will of course be talking to him about how the Western side celebrations went over this past weekend, while we will also be asking whose idea it was to start handing out pizza to their fans post-game on Friday night. Following that, we will conclude with a brief review of what was two intriguing FAI Cup final ties that took place on Sunday afternoon in the Aviva Stadium. And you're very welcome back to the XTime.ie Sportscast. We're now very pleased to have Galway FC's Jake Keegan on the line. You're very welcome on, Jake. Thanks for having me. Okay, so we'll just get underway, I suppose. By this is your first season now playing in Ireland um, with Galway um, under Tommy Dunn. So um, just you've played in a number of different places. So what do you make of Ireland and Ireland's football and culture, and particularly out in Galway out in the west of Ireland? Well, the, the, the culture in, in Galway in particular, it's unbelievable. The supporters are they're so into their club. They're so into the the league of Ireland in general. And I mean, it was it was great to be a part of it this season. And as for kind of the level of play, I would say. I mean, I played in Germany. Obviously, maybe the higher leagues in Germany are maybe a step up, but it's a, it's a good standard of play. I don't think it gets kind of the, the credit it deserves. And you were mentioning Germany. You've actually played in a number of different countries compared to maybe some of the more local guys around Galway. Um, you've played over in the States, of course, from where you are from. You've also played in uh, Germany. And then you had a you had a trial as well with uh, Maccabi Haifa. Um, so just um, just can you tell us a bit, be- uh, a bit around that sort of trial situation? It didn't work out for you in the end, but you ended up turning down um, a move um, to the MLS um, when you were drafted for that. Mm-hmm. So basically, what happened is I was drafted right around the same time I was offered the trial with uh, Maccabi Haifa. So when you get drafted in the MLS, it's kind of more of it's a trial offer. It's not really a contract offer or anything. So I kind of had to decide between the two, and I figured. I uh, I was Maccabi Haifa were such a big club and they uh, they've been in the Champions League numerous times and I kind of didn't want to pass up that opportunity so I ended up going on trial with in Israel. Jake, obviously just going back to uh, Ireland's kind of football situation at the moment, uh, particularly just want you to talk about the facilities and maybe the levels of coaching etc. They're quite high in the in America and Germany as well. How do how do you think that the facilities here, like our stadiums, obviously there's only a couple of kind of huge stadiums in Ireland. How do you think they compare with other countries like Germany and America? Um, I mean, obviously, stadium-wise, it, I mean, it is smaller. I mean, you only have the Aviva that, that compares to a lot of the stadiums in the U.S. or even in, or especially in Germany. But I mean, I suppose there's a lot of there's more money put into it, at least kind of in university, in terms of training facilities and things like that. But and I mean, the, the the facilities we had over at we we trained over in Merview with the Galway FC this year, and I mean, they took our, they looked after us very well. I mean, we had our own pitch, we had everything, and. I mean, the training was excellent. Tommy Dunn did an unbelievable job with the squad this year. His, his sessions were excellent, and it's probably, in terms of the overall training, it's been the best I've ever had in my career. Yeah, you just spoke about Tommy Dunn there. How have you found working under him, and how good of a job do you think he's done to take a group that have only been together for now, what's nearly a year, to go and, to go ahead and promote them at the first time of asking? Yeah, I mean, you could it from the beginning of the season to the end, the, the drastic improvement, and obviously that's not entirely down to the manager, but he definitely played a big part in it. He obviously has experience in the in the league. He got Cork promoted a few years back, and, and I think the biggest thing that you can kind of take from 
like the job he's done is the way we play. I mean, obviously, we're just to take the second leg against UCD. Like we're up a goal, we're at home. People probably wouldn't fault us for maybe playing a little bit more direct, playing a little maybe more defensive. And we we said no, we're not going to play that way. We we wanted to stick to the way we played the entire year. And if we lost that way, then that's the way we wanted to lose. We didn't want to lose playing somebody else's game. Yeah, and yourself and maybe some of the other players might be enjoying a bit of a holiday now for the next few weeks now that the off-season's underway. But Tommy Dunn's probably back in the office this week looking to see who he can sign up and what sort of players. You've got the likes of Ryan Manning there. He had a great uh, second leg that I was down at out, out in Galway. Um, really great performance by um, yourself as well. So should Tommy Dunn maybe be a bit fearful of maybe being able to keep everyone under contract? He's obviously got a squad that he probably wants to add to, but it's going to be, it's going to be tough to keep the likes of yourself and Manning under a, a contract. Um... I, I can't speak for for everybody within the squad, but I, I think we have a we have a lot of young talent, and I think we have a core of a group kind of together. And it's not just I mean, obviously I'm not from Galway or anything, but there's it's mostly Galway lads. So I think the the guys on the team want Galway FC to do or Galway United now to do well, and I think that'll play a part in bringing everybody back next year. And hopefully, if we kind of gel together as a team and come together like we did this year, we'll be able to have a good season next year in the Premier Division. Yeah, and just a, it's very it's an interesting one. Really, there's not too many US players playing in the league at the moment. Did you do any maybe research or any look into the Airtricity League before you made the move when Tommy offered you a deal? Um, well, before coming over, I did do a bit of research, and I got information from one guy who I was, who helped bring me over. He he's kind of over in Ireland a lot, and he's seen the league and he's seen the level, and he gave me some information, obviously, on it, and but also. Ryan Guy played at Pats a few years back, and he kind of, after he played in Ireland, he went and played in MLS. So maybe that probably was something that I kind of looked at and thought maybe that could be me down the road. Yeah, your um, your family's probably over in the US. Is that something that maybe was a bit difficult moving over? You maybe want to move back closer to them in the future? Something that you'd look to maybe follow the likes of Ryan Guy that you mentioned there? Um, a bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's always tough being away from family and friends, but I've kind of... I suppose I wouldn't say I don't need them, but I kind of I like kind of being on the road and you know, having a something new or a new new adventure, a new place to see, a new place to go. So, in the long run, yes, I'd like to be back home. But for now, I'm I'm enjoying my time, and it's been exciting kind of to see where the game has taken me around the world so far. Obviously, obviously, Jake, you've said you're you're enjoying Galway and stuff like that. But aside from what Garrett said just there about possibly moving back home to play your game, do you have any ambitions to play further afield, like maybe over, maybe over in the UK in the future? Um, I I mean, I guess everybody would have ambitions like that, but it is just it's a lot more difficult for Americans unless you're kind of within the national team. It's hard to get work visas and things like that. So. I mean, realistically, I probably won't be in the national team anytime soon. So I would say the more realistic goal for me would be to try to eventually play in MLS. Yeah, and then just to maybe focus back on the away or on the home leg for yourselves. Um, back last Friday, there was a crowd of almost three thousand in DC Park. It was really a special atmosphere, probably one of the best of the season so far. Yeah, the fans. I mean, they were unbelievable on Friday. They were unbelievable the week before, and they were they were great uh, traveling support and in Dublin for the two legs as well so I mean, their support met, it definitely I think made a difference in the outcome of the the playoff games for sure yeah and actually just with the supporters there could you um, what sort of supporters would you have got when you were back in college you were playing obviously a good bit of football in college would there have been big support I know certainly from a basketball point of view or a college football point of view does um, big support normally goes out to those games yeah see in terms of the numbers we 
we had almost 3,000 at a couple games. Like, so we'd get in terms of numbers because we didn't have a football team. So we were kind of the big sport on campus for my school, at least Binghamton. But when you have 3,000 universities, 3,000 college kids who maybe don't know a lot about the sport or aren't as educated, kind of, or maybe it's fellow athletes. And so it's, it's a different atmosphere. The atmosphere here, it's, it's much louder. The, the fans are much more kind of intuitive to what's going on in the game. It's, it definitely makes in makes for a better atmosphere. Yeah, Jake. Obviously, you've said there. Um, it obviously makes for a great atmosphere. And just going back to the Galway crowd, there they are. They are kind of a special crowd in the way that they they almost have kind of a one to one relationship with the players. Have you kind of felt that that kind of like tight, real kind of townish atmosphere down there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I got it maybe two weeks um, after I got first got here. Uh, we kind of had a supporters kind of we met all the supporters and stuff and we could really tell that they were they were really into the club they were they loved the club i mean the, there's not many supporters who'd be willing to to go down to cove or to go down to maybe wexford some of the longer trips and they did it throughout the season and I, we can't thank them enough for their support yeah and they were on the pitch after the playoff win there on friday all singing we are going up but what we really want to know is whose idea was to give them the pizza <laughs> <laughs> Given the pizza, uh, well, we—I guess it was in the dressing room after the match, so I don't think many of the lads were eating it after. So we figured we might as well uh, give it to somebody who wanted it. Yeah, it's certainly—it uh, certainly got a good reaction on um, Twitter. Um, but then, just to kind of your, you um, obviously played against UC. Now that that was the third time actually, because there was the cup game as well. And then, um, just from a Premier Division point of view, do you see that that was a good benchmark and um, for you to compare it to the Premier Division next year, where you're going to be playing against the likes of Dundalk, who won the league this year, Pats, who won the cup um, Sunday night, and uh, numerous other teams like Cork, who are really going to be up against it with bigger, stronger players. Maybe there's going to be a lot of work to be done for yourselves and the rest of the squad during the off season. Yep, I mean you're 100 percent right. I mean it is. It's definitely we we're not shy to the fact that it is definitely a step up from the first division, but. We we felt I mean just looking kind of how much we improved throughout the season this year and hopefully we can improve throughout the off season again. I think probably a a good comparison was when we played Dundalk in the cup as well, kind of down in Oriole Park. So you know, it was it was definitely a difficult match. We had to kind of sit in and withstand a lot of pressure, but we I think we put in a fairly good perform, performance that day. So maybe we can build on that. And obviously the UCD performance. I think uh, at, at times we, I mean, they, they have a good squad, but I think at times we kind of, I don't want to say play them off the park, but we definitely uh, had our way, in the, especially in the second second game there. Yeah, you certainly had one of the closer games against Dundalk this season, and the, the kind of football you were playing against UCD was very sort of a passing style. It wasn't direct. It was very much get it down along the ground and try to hit the men on the flank. Is that something that Tommy's been practicing all year in training? You were saying that you didn't want to change your style and play defensive. That's something that you've kind of been growing up uh, throughout playing that passing style of football, or was it maybe different in the past in the likes of Germany or somewhere? Um, well, first of all, yeah, that's, that's something we've worked on from day one. Tommy said he's He's, I mean, he's kind of maybe threatened it, it a bit, saying, sure, we can play direct or we can play and we can just play for a goal and defend the rest of the match, but that's it's not the way he wants to play. It's not the way we want to play. It's not, it's not really the fun or enjoyable way to play. So, yes, that is something we've been doing all year, and I think going to the Premier Division, I think, can help us because obviously the teams that, that, that win leagues or the teams that are successful um, – just look at Dundalk this year. I mean, it's it's the teams that create the most chances. It's the teams that are in control of the tempo of the game, and we were able to do that this year for the most part. And hopefully, we can kind of carry that into next year. And obviously, there'll be there'll be games where we have to maybe 
play a little bit more defensive just because if the team is, is better than you, that's just kind of how it goes. But if we can continue to build on the way we played this year, hopefully we can uh, play with a similar style next year as well. Just want to go back to the playoff there, um, Jake, for a minute. Obviously, the, the late entourage almost uh, forced UCD into their own half in the in the first leg for, for certainly the second period of that game, which really gave you gave you the the tempo to go in and, and play play a very 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 well in the second in the second leg. You 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 did play UCD off the off the park in that second leg, and that's coming from a UCD supporter, so you can take that. But uh, but it certainly gave the the first leg certainly gave you gave you a pattern to go on for the second leg, and did the first leg really help with them two very late goals? Oh yeah, I mean, it completely changed the tide. There's there's no denying that. If UCD goes into the second leg one nil, it could be. I, I might not be talking to you right now. So, <laughs> but it, it was great to get the two late goals. I think I think UCD were probably better than us in the first half of the first leg. And uh, just all year, it's kind of in the. I don't know if you were at the Shelburne games in the playoffs as well, but kind of in the second half of matches, our fitness has kind of taken over, and it's definitely been one of our strengths throughout the season. Yeah, it certainly has. Well, Jake, I think that's where we're going to do it. Thanks very much for coming on, and we hope um, you're still in Ireland next year because you've certainly been a pleasure to watch any time I've watched you uh, play this year. I, I hope so as well, and I appreciate it. Okay, thanks very much, Jake. Extratime.ie. League of Ireland football is our passion. And of course now, UCD are down. Jake Keegan was certainly a happy man that UCD were down, but I'm not too sure Aaron Callaghan, Colley O'Neill and the rest of the UCD players are exactly happy. Yeah, certainly not after after speaking to a couple of them on Friday and after I was travelling back with the team, a lot of them were a lot of them were down in the dumps, which is quite understandable considering what happened. It's a big thing for the club to go down after such a long time in the Premier Division since two thousand and nine when Martin Russell took over following the, the departure of P. Martin in two thousand and eight. So it's it's quite a big thing for U C D to go down, but I think with the maybe the lack of quality in the squad this year it was it was probably time for U C D to scale back and maybe try their luck in the in the first division. I said, look to rebuild another great, great quality squad that they built. They built back in the early two thousands when Martin Russell took charge. Yeah, it's certainly not going to be an easy job for Aaron Callahan or, of course, any other boss that might be in charge come March of next year. Just what does it mean, though, from UCD from a budget point of view and from maybe a, I suppose all over finance point of view? Obviously, the crowds are going to be down. Yeah, not by much because they can't. <laughs> but I think that. I think that it's obviously important. It's obviously important for UCD. This probably was going to happen either sooner rather than later. And now, obviously, with the budget, they can possibly can possibly uh, have cause to to pull it back and maybe start a, maybe start again with some younger players, which is what they've done back in back in two thousand and eight when they got relegated when Martin took over, and they ultimately went up the next year. Obviously, like so Paul Curry came in and. Uh, all then, all then went on to be successful League of Ireland players, and even on, in Paul's case, uh, further afield. But I think it's it's both a bad thing and a good thing for UCD. I think it's obviously bad that the team have been relegated out of the top tier of Irish football, and obviously, as we said, crowds will go down. However, as we said, marginally. But in fairness, I think it was going to happen to the club uh, sooner rather than later. So it's probably it's probably a good time in a way that. The under nineteen players. There are some considerable players in that in that under nineteen set. The likes of Greg Sluggett, Dan Tobin as well. Uh, the list goes on and on. That can that can definitely step into the first team player's shoes and possibly mount a first division title challenge for UCD next year. 
Yeah, well, you'd expect you to be maybe challenged with the likes of Shells if Johnny McDonald's still there. It should be an, it should be an interesting season um, for, I suppose, any UC supporters or people generally interested in um, football. But then, just to look at Galway, we've already talked to Jake Keegan. He's a very happy man. He's hoping to stay with Galway, as he said. But it's um, it's very good for Tommy Dunn. It looks like their budget's probably going to be increased as well, as naturally happens when you step up from the first division. Yeah, well, that'll be in the, in the next few days. They'll be keeping the rewards from that big crowd at, at M&DC Park from Friday night. And obviously, their big crowd, they had, I think, 1,700 from the game against Shells as well. So that that brings uh, just rewards in itself. And that'll continue next year. They'll get, they'll get big crowds for their first few games. Like Cork have, like Cork have done, except on a bit of a smaller scale, obviously, got uh, Terry Land only holds about 3,500 or so. But that'll, that'll continue to keep Galway keep go afloat. And they had their problems a couple of years ago. Look where they are now. They're at the complete different end of the spectrum. And I think they could be another success story, just like Cork City. Yeah, and you back Tommy Dunn to be the man to take them forward? Yeah, look, Tommy. Tommy's a very nice guy and a very tactical, astute manager as well. He's got a very good balance. He's got a good man, man management skills and he knows his stuff as well. So I don't think there is any any better man that can, that can take... Galway forward I think Jake Keegan spoke highly of him there in our, in our interview early on, earlier on in the sports cast as well so it's clear that the players like him and I think by myself from having chats with him over, over the years I think he's a great manager and I think he, he can bring any club forward and obviously that's, that's his job now to, to bring Galway forward and hopefully make them successful in the Premier Division in the next two or three years Yeah we had Tommy on, on the sports cast not too long ago and certainly he came across very well and both of us were at boat legs of the playoff, so it was uh, it was an interesting affair. Just how does it rank down um, on the scale of a sporting occasion? Really, the playoff it's kind of it's kind of lower down. It's the one the Premier Division side obviously doesn't want to be in. The First Division side does doesn't really want to be in at the start of the year, but will take it once it comes along. Just a uh, goggle crowd certainly in uh, Galway, and there was a crowd increase in UC as well. Yeah, it was enjoyable in a way. Obviously, it was nerve-wracking myself still being involved at UCD at the time. It was a good. It was a good occasion, in my opinion. Obviously, the stand nearly full in UCD and a and a sizable crowd in Galway on Friday night as well. So it was it was it was an enjoyable occasion. I'm sure it was for neutrals as well and Galway fans. Not so much UCD fans who find themselves in, find themselves in the first division now. But I think it's a good occasion, and I rate it highly. Yeah. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what both squads do on the off-season. I'm sure both managers will be exceptionally busy um, in the coming few weeks trying to get some players down. Extratime.ie. League of Ireland football is our passion. The League of Ireland season was over, only over a matter of minutes and Bose had sent out a press release to say that Owen Heary was no longer their manager. And not long after, only a few days in fact, Sligo released a statement to say that they had unveiled Owen Heary as their new manager. Um, it was a good appointment in your eyes, was it? Yeah, it was, it was quite a good appointment uh, thinking about it now. Whether it'll come to fruition and be a good appointment, I'm not sure. Bohemians was obviously Owen's first job. There was no real no real expectations of him in terms of going to win trophies. This has been Stoigo's first real year without winning a major, major trophy with no disrespect to the Stance Sports Cup final. But now FAI Cup final and now League Challenge really from Stoigo this year means it's been a pretty disappointing season from them. And here he'll be, here he'll be, here he'll be charged with the task of trying to return that glory to the showgrounds next year. Whether he can manage it or not is another thing. And I think early signings, which we'll come on to now, 
it's an early sign of intent. Are they good enough for a league, a league title challenge or a, or a challenge to go on a, on a cup run? We'll wait and see. But right now, I think it's a pretty decent appointment, all right? Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting to see in the new season. It's a step in the different direction from Sligo's perspective with John Coleman in there. They tend to have gone abroad, Ian Barclough as well, Paul Cook, the likes of them. Were you surprised they didn't go for the same route again that has been successful and, well, hasn't always been successful, but it has been successful as well, the likes of Paul Cook especially? I don't know. I think this time maybe they've wanted to play it safe in a way. I don't know if the point of own area is really playing it safe. But in terms of getting someone that they know about, I think they made that mistake with, with Coleman that maybe they didn't really know enough about his background and his coaching and things like that. But I think I think here is a decent appointment. I know it's going a different way, but they know what they're going to get. They know they're going to get a man with passion and maybe they feel that, that that's what will bring them more success down at the showgrounds. Yeah, and then just to look at Dundalk, they were only finished their league campaign and Stephen Kenny didn't seem to be out partying for too long as he announced five new signings only a couple of days after with Darren Mean and Chris Shields, Dane Massey, Dave McMillan and Andy Boyle all re-signing for the Lily Whites up in Oriel Park. Fantastic to get five players back on board so early on. Yeah, brilliant for them and they're all quite key players. I mean, uh, Dane Massey was, was arguably, and in my opinion, sorry, Bermo, uh, the league's best left back last season. I think he was outstanding both defensively and going forward. We've seen his fantastic free kick in the A Sports Cup final. We've seen what he can do. He can score crackers and he's also quite defensively solid. Dave McMillan has covered well for Pat Hoban when he's been out. He's also come on as substitute and scored a lot of goals for them. It's a pity he got injured towards the end of the season. Andy Boyle, captain, the Lily Whites on a number of okay occasions during Stephen O'Donnell's injury and looked really solid and was able to talk the back forward through their duties and he'd done really really well as well um, Chris Shields has, has played very well in games particularly again during O'Donnell's absence he's been able to protect the back four very well and I think he was another element that, that was really important in 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 securing the title for the Lily Whites is they were able to defend properly and as, as you know all title teams need a solid defence yeah, and with Dundalk winning the Premier Division, you only have to look at the First Division champions. It seems to be a thing of champions that they like to sign players early. Longford didn't wait too long either to announce a whole load of new signings, but Paul Skinner actually came from Atlone in a signing who he didn't re-sign, so um, that's an interesting one as well. Yeah, it's a good signing for them. I think um, obviously the early talk now is that Chris Bennion will leave Longford. Will that, will that, will, whether that will come into fruition or not is another thing. And Paul Hunt's been in decent form since wrestling the number one jersey off Chris Bennion earlier on in the season as well. So it's a, it's a, it's surprising that Paul's come in there, and but he'll fight hard for his hard for the number one position there at Longford. I think he'll want to impress again in the Premier Division after experience and relegation with Athlone, especially after getting out of the Athlone team after the arrival of Ryan Coulter, who we all know was very efficient in his in his games and a very good goalkeeper in the in the Premier Division in the second half of the season. He unfortunately wasn't able to keep Athlone up, but still he's, he do, he done very good. But in terms of Longford and Paul Skinner, I think it's a good move for him and will help the competition with, with Paul Hunt or if Chris Bennion decides to stay as well will we'll definitely bring the best out of him Yeah we certainly wish Paul Skinner the very best of luck, he was um, our very first uh, sportscast in studio guest that came in to meet us here in studio so uh, we wish him the best of luck Yeah he's also just had a baby in the last couple of months as well so fair play to him and his life's obviously going a good way now with a move, with a move to Longford, the new Premier Division side and a new baby in his life yeah, Longford, um, just a few days before they announced that Paul Skinner had joined from Atlone, 
they had a number of players re-signed from them, which they'll be delighted with as well, with their captain Mark Salmon especially coming back on board, and Pat, Pat Flynn, Lorcan Shannon and Reese Gorman all also re-signing only a matter of days after they lifted the First Division trophy. Very good news from a Tony Cousins point of view. Yeah, good good business for Tony Cousins early on. Gary Shanahan and Dave O'Sullivan, the top scorer in the First Division last year, obviously also re-signing, which was huge, huge news for them as well. Sorry, that's, I should have said Gary Shaw, not Gary Shannon. Uh, that's that's me thinking Galway again. But yeah, good good early business for Longford as they look to build win intent heading into their Premier Division season. They'll want to do well. They'll want to establish themselves as a Premier Division side once again. And they're going about it the right way early on. And I'd expect more signings in the coming weeks. Yeah, and as I was saying, it's been such a busy last week since we were last on the sportscast. We also had at Lone Town switching managers as well. Eddie Wallace is the new man in there. Yeah, Eddie's obviously, he was a man who was under Pat Devlin's wing at Bray Wanderers. It was more or less him, Keith Long and Eddie a lot of the time. And that's how Bray Wanderers managed to stay up through that, that, that trio's work. Um, Eddie doesn't have a lot of managerial experience, although he has been around the league quite a while. He's had small roles in, in the likes of UCD and Bray, as I said, and that's Lowndes' assistant manager last year. He took a couple of games when Keith was engaged in other matters. So he knows what he's doing there, whether he'll be able to do enough to get Athlone up or not. Will he have the budget to be able to mount a title challenger, a promotion challenge in the first division? I'm not sure, but he could well do. Yeah, and Keith Long has left that long, clearly, and he's gone to Bowes. Just, it's a bit of a strange one from Bose. We didn't see it coming, maybe, although we probably keep Long's probably happy enough to get out of the first division with that loan. So, um, Bose, it's a, is he going to be able to build on what Owen Harry's done? He's done a fantastic job here, really, hasn't he? Bohemians is a big club. Owen's done well in stabilising it and bringing in a couple of players to make them successful and slowly get them back up the table. It's up to Keith Long now to continue the work that Owen done while he was at Daly Mount Park. Can he do that again? Time will tell. But... I I just don't I'm just not 100% 100% sure Keith's only been in, in the manager's hot seat for a year with that loan again not the not the, maybe not the size of the club that Bohemians is and we'll see if if Keith can 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 cope with the pressure and bring the results that will keep the Bohemians faithful faithful happy and bring success back to Daly Mount Park yeah, will that loan be a bit um, a bit annoyed to lose their manager? We obviously don't know whether they were going to be maybe discussing a new contract and maybe they were going to be parting terms anyway. But um, Eddie Wallace is back in there now, so is that a step backwards or a step forward? Or where are we going? We know Eddie Wallace, of course, from his time at Bray amongst other clubs. Well, say, saying that he, he that Eddie was Keith's assistant at Athlone, obviously last year, it's obviously a step backwards, but it may work out well for them. I'm not really sure. I haven't seen a lot of Eddie's work. I know, as I said, he's he's had them roles in Brian Athlone, the small assistant manager and coach roles. I'm not really too familiar with his work. So, as I said, time will tell. Whether as he, again, whether budget will dictate what he can do there in in the in the coming months and weeks as we build up to the season. I don't know, but sure. We can only wait and see what happens now. And then, of course, we couldn't leave this segment without talking about Cork's big new signing. They've managed to snap Carl Shepard up from Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, big cube. And I can only imagine that Kieran Kilduff definitely has something to do with that move because uh, Carl's a very good. Carl and Kieran are very good mates, as far as I'm aware. And Kilduff obviously had a very good time at a Cork City during his loan spell there last year, where he scored a number and number of goals. So. I think that will have, will have something to do. It's a big, big cube for Cork. Um, uh, competition for Marco Sullivan, who was Cork's uh, Cork's Cork's player of the year this year, and 
obviously he's up for the he's he's in the PFAI team of the year as well so he's clearly had a successful season but good to see some competition for him and I think hopefully if Shepard can get a run of games down here we can see the Carl Shepard that Gosh, Shamrock Rovers, the Europa League, and a striker that people talked of so highly, not the striker that we've seen on the bench for a lot of last season. Yeah, he was saying um, in the press release that was uh, sent out that it really it had been tough not having a run of games, and that's what Cork, I suppose, are looking for at the moment. They're building a nice squad, and John Caulfield seems to be very particular in the player that he wants. He's not just going to sign some players to be um, sit on the bench. He's going to sign some players that can fight the guys who are already starting at the moment for a first 11 place. Yeah, obviously, like, I mean, Cork had a very good squad. They were quite tight at times last year. They've got a number of good young players like the likes of Josh Tracy and Killian Morrison, but to name a few. And these, this squad, the players that have come in, like Carl and the number, a number more will sign to blend with the, to blend with the youth and experience that already exists at Turner's Cross and Bishop, and Bishopstown. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I think the moves can only be good because they can strengthen Cork as they look to as they look to mount another title challenge this year. Well, that's going to do it for another week's extra time sportscast. I've been your host, Gareth O'Reilly. I'd like to thank Jade Keegan for taking the time out to join us all the way from Galway. I would also like to thank in studio Josh Dolan for coming in to the studio. Thanks, Gareth. No problems. Well, that's it for another season of League of Ireland football, as far as the majority of fans, I presume, are concerned. However, fair not, we'll have a host of interviews over the off-season to keep you up to date with all the transfers, comings and goings, because it's been a hell of a busy first week of the off-season, and we expect it to continue um, in the coming weeks. But also, if anyone's going to have withdrawal symptoms from football, they can fear not, because the under 19 league and the women's football will be continuing throughout the winter months so if anyone fancies donning the scarf, hat and gloves they can go to those games which we will of course be keeping you up to date with on extime.ie but that's it for me I shall talk to you again next week extratime.ie League of Ireland football is our passion